no, 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 not you, not you, not you, not you, you. Side of my two. Number nine, right on time with number nine. Nice. It's GDCFM. Time. Wow, <laughs> nice. oh, we Woo. said, uh, woo. All right. Yeah, up top. Welcome, Are we doing tubs? Good? Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, oh. vibey, vibey. Oh. Looking forward to this Vibrations one. Vibrations are so strong. So this is our ninth podcast. Ooh. That's nine in a row. Yeah, with it, without stop. I mean, we have stopped a little for a few times, haven't we? We've left... Maybe three weeks in between each one. Yeah, I mean, but it's, it's a consistent it's, you three know, weeks, it's, you know. What are you referring to? It's a fairly <laughs> consistent three weeks. It's originally meant to be two weeks, mm. uh, but we won't Life gets it. in the way, doesn't it? What it are you going to do? Mate, the last few couple of weeks has been really busy, actually. We've been doing has. some travelling and we, we have a fair amount. Where have we been? Where have we been? We went to, out the, to uh, listeners. Bulgaria. Ooh. Yeah, that was, that was dope. Actually... Big up to Bulgaria generally. And, Bulgaria and, and, in general. And Sofia especially so. Was incredible show we played in Sofia. We never played in Bulgaria before. Uh, we went along and played a... We did play... Maybe, uh, we did a DJ set, didn't we, a few years ago? Maybe that's where they came from. Yeah, maybe everyone yeah, just saw that from. set five years ago. Yeah. Thought, good to see those guys again. Yeah, that was one of the most drunken sets <laughs> I think ever, actually. That, that was the big Bulgarian balls up. The right when, Royal when Bulgarian balls up. When we missed our flight. <laughs> Because yeah. uh, we won't go into the detail, but into the flux, details, flux but if you're listening, Flux Pavilion, <laughs> hold tight yourself. Yeah, um, no, but this time we went back and we played, and and I was quite kind of amazed that anyone came. Yeah, really, yeah, to be it honest. really I does mean, feel like, um, yeah, like we were sort of in the middle of nowhere, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's I mean, a wicked city, though. Yeah, it, it, it was incredible, and so we went to play there. Bloody good coffee. Um, Great coffee. Yeah, Great amazing coffee. people, really good hospitality. But the thing that just blew us away was the fact that we c- came onto stage and it was a it was a busy venue and they'd all come. That was down great, to Christopher Walken. To came onto <laughs> stage and it was <laughs> and the guy, <laughs> the guy with the dreads, <laughs> was looking at me. And the um, we got onto stage and it was busy. Sketchy. And not only was it busy, but. Um, they were singing along, so um, so th- they were, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They I don't, I yeah, on. it was. There was kind of, yeah, but in sort of broken English, it was, yeah, it was yeah, really yeah. wicked. It was amazing. So Absolutely thank you so wicked. much to Bok Area. Anyone that's listening, big up your chest. And then we went and played at Horizons Festival, which was um, the slopes were great, fantastic, the slopes were wicked. Great. Yeah, the great, great snow. Great. Uh, we had a day off, so we could actually yeah. go skiing. I really hurt my cock. Did a bit of boarding. I really hurt my coccyx. Oh, Mate, on the last it, run. To be honest, well, yeah, it was on the last run down because my my stirrups were slightly broken, really? um, and so I got a the bit bindings. sketchy about it, and then yeah. um, and then just whatever messed it up and fell over as soon as you got that element of doubt oh it's it? horrible oh, mate. yeah really really horrible yeah. and and they've only just got better actually really yeah literally I've only you got two coxes <laughs> well what, what are the coxes Oh, it's what? It's just the bit above your ass. Yeah, I, I thought I knew where, I sort of knew where it was, but I didn't actually okay. know any more than that. So as th- that what bit. it is. I won't show you. I, I hurt. I hurt my coccyx. Um, it reminded me very much of a time when I hurt them <laughs> very badly. Um, and you were there, Toby. Was I? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Um, so we were playing. Uh, we, well, I think we were. I think we were probably playing the house party at some stage. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, for those that don't know what we're talking about, um, <laughs> catch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was the, at number forty-four, yeah, Headingley Lane, wasn't it? When uh, we were at uni up in Leeds, yeah. and there was a famous house party um, house, and, the, and, 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 we, and we, I think we probably played the show. Anyway. I was walking down the concrete stairs at about four in the morning, probably earlier than that, yeah, maybe about yeah. two in the morning. And I'd been to find any receptacle I could to put water in, which at the time was uh, Cafetier. And, um, and as I was walking down these concrete steps into the dungeon, I um, tripped and fell and hit my bum time <laughs> on time on time on time down these concrete stairs and 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 it's one of them weird situations where you kind of feel so you were shocked weren't you out of you your shocked. body yeah yeah yeah. i kind of went shocked went and, and appalled. Looked, in, looked in the mirror i was completely green my <laughs> face had turned green and then and you had to try an mc like, yeah. while you were like oh, it was horrible. catatonic it was horrible anyway sorry uh, anyway it's around that time that we wrote the song fly away fucking good link. see that link um so uh, as we've been doing in all our podcasts so far, um, we're going to start with a GDC tune. Uh, this one's called Fly Away. Stay tuned for an interview with none other than Adrian Sherwood, which is coming up later. This tune, Fly Away. Sky, but sunshine blue. I want to, but she's got my wings. Now I can't do anything, anything. Laying in my bed, last thing at night. I in my head looking for high I remember when I first saw you I couldn't take the stare from off your eyes Through the night Telling all that we knew Retold every fight And every bruise In your arms with a beating heart This is the life I lose I want to fly away with you No cloudy sky but sunshine blue Got my wings Now I can't do Anything Anything 
In my imagination I didn't see it like this I let out a scream Why can't it be a song? But we can't change The road we're on I saw an ocean Isn't it? Yeah. Livingston Brown working with him. Yeah, I want to. That was wicked. I want to do. Ultimate Livingston Brown. I I remember really clearly where exactly the moment I wrote that song about, and it's it's, it's quite a rare thing actually. I think it, as in it's quite rare to have that point of reference. Mm. Yeah, I have it so clearly. Um, uh, but for that reason, it's a, it makes me feel amazing listening to that song. Even yeah. we recorded it a long time ago, but it really. Plucks at those heartstrings. The um, the the tiny little violin player just soloing in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um. So, uh, what you've been saying then, Toby? What's been going on, mate? Um, I have been well. You know, doing the travelling with the band. That's been really cool. Yeah. Um, and we're starting to go into festival season, aren't we? Which is very exciting. Yeah, um, not we too got far our off. Glastonbury appearance announced. Yeah, yesterday, which is wicked. Playing at the Glade stage Friday night. Is that it? Five, five o'clock Friday night. <laughs> Can we not? Come on, mate. It's all, it's all part of the fun. Yeah, no, I'm up for it. Um, uh, we're playing at Glastonbury, <coughs> so yeah, we're playing, playing at Beat Herder, we're playing at Eden Festival, yeah. we're playing at the Sound Crash Funk and Soul Weekender, which yeah. is... Yeah, we're playing at Reggae Summer Jam. two weeks. Mate, the line-up for Reggae Summer Jam. Have you clocked the line-up for Reggae Summer Jam? Let's have a look. Well, literally, anyone, if you're out there and you fancy, that I'm, you know, it, it, going, travelling for an incredible experience, musical experience, then I would suggest... Nothing more than coming to coming to summer jam in Germany. The um, so you got gentlemen and Kai Marley Marley, Sean Paul, Shana Paul. I'm not going to Pavel Stella. They got headlining, but I'm I'm not massively into that. But um, Alborosi and the Sweet. and the Schengen Clan, uh, Dubbin Corporation, Sailor Sue, uh, Chronics, Ticken Jar, Fakoli, Morgan Heritage, I Octane, Christopher Martin, Mattis Yahoo, Collie Buds. Narman, Dele, Raging Fire, Zoom T. Like, it is, I that mean, is we mental. are at the very bottom of the lineup, but that, I mean, just the fact that we're even on with those artists yeah, makes us feel yeah, yeah, incredible. Yeah, just and, about poking our heads above the parapet but look, there. But just before Jay the Cat, who are, you know, absolute legends. So, okay, sweet. Um, so, yeah, big up to Summer Jam. Really, really looking forward to that. And, and, and of course, to, um, Rotterdam, which is the probably going to be the hopefully going to be the highlight. Yeah. So um, anyway, if you uh, if you're out there listening and you're going to a festival uh, this summer, then let us know where it is and and why are you going there. 
because um, we'd love to know. Uh, we'd love to chat about it a little bit and get a little vibe. Yes, yes. So, um, so yes, 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 I'll lag. So I briefly mentioned before we played the last tune that this podcast is going to feature the legendary Adrian Sherwood. Mm. Um, it's an interview about his life, his music, his production, uh, influences, uh, his you know early experiences in the dance. Um, and it's it's a wicked interview. Highly recommend you you stay tuned for that later on. Um, but for the minute, we're going to play our second tune, um, which is uh, a remix by Tickler, um, who is a good friend of the Easy Star guys. Um, I believe he's part of the setup that um, put together Dub Side of the Moon and uh, works with, I think, with the Dap- Daptones on Daptone Records. Antibalas, those guys. So this one is called How Long Do I Have to Wait For You? And it's a Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings original.
There it is. Wicked. Sharon Jones remix. What beautiful song. Lovely stuff. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, lovely the original tune. was just, it's just absolutely beautiful. So lovely to hear that. Remix. Great band. Great band. Yeah, really, really cool. Um, so basically, just to explain a little bit, um, this is a cut down version of our standard podcast. So I'm really, really sorry to those who actually for the second week might have been tuning in just to hear the reggae news. Um, but I'm afraid we, we, we've cut it out of this section so that we can fit the Adrian Sherwood podcast in. Um, uh, but the Adrian Sherwood interview is well worth it. Definitely. So you needn't worry and about it. And it is a bit of reggae news itself, I guess. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If there's stuff you don't know about, then it's news. Exactly, yeah. And um, and, uh, and I mean, perhaps, you, perhaps have the if, theme you, tune. if you looked at it from, from a broader perspective, this in itself could be reggae news. <laughs> You know what I mean? The fact that you're listening to reggae or Is we're playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but again, if you really are lost and not sure um, uh, what uh, reggae anecdotes you might be able to pull out of the bag at the next party, uh, do check Google. Um, so yeah, anyway, Google will come up with some to, fruit. To explain in, in a little more detail, we're going to do cut down versions of all of our sections. And for regular listen, listeners of the show, you'll, 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 you'll recollect that we have a reggae section, a dub section, and then a freestyle mashup. Oh my gosh. Um, and, uh, and so we're doing all three of those, but we're just going to play a little cut down version. So now you've listened to two reggae songs, which brings us neatly and tidily and <laughs> to uh, Old Pearls. Pearls. Here we go. Easy, everybody. Reaching out to everybody who's in an horrible job that they hate. Yeah, yeah. It's a terrible situation. It's worse than being in jail because you can do something about it, but you can't do something about it because you're a bit nervous and you're a bit frightened. Reaching out to you people in that trap. Yeah, yeah. Love and respect. And I hope one day you get out that trap. And this tune is to help you. It's Marcia Griffiths and she's telling you what you got to do. Yeah, yeah, the great Marcia Griffiths, one of the I3s, sang with Bob Marley forever, she's telling you. Yeah, yeah, everybody in a trap, everybody in an horrible job, listen. When I think of all the bitter times I've had, yeah, yeah. oh God, it doesn't make me sad. Oh no, it doesn't bother me, strength and honor is all I see. Give thanks unto the Almighty God. He showed me what I had. He Listen. Said, Stand firm and keep the faith. Oh, your reward. She's telling you. Listen. So now I see the day. Marcia, what you say? When I'm stepping out of Babylon in New Jerusalem, in Mount Zion. Reach it out to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Why we leave it? Stepping, stepping out of Babylon. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so that was Earl's pearls, and uh, <laughs> and we're um and um and yeah, just a quick little reference to um uh, uh, Reggae Rose to have put together a rather imaginative um, podcast entitled Earl's World, which sounds, of course, completely different to out Earl's nowhere, pearls. Out of the blue, yeah, just pluck that one. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, if, you go, if you guys are listening, this is an official beef. Yeah, right. we're sending. We're sending we're for send- reggae. <laughs> we're sending for the, sending for for Moody, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We Bring want it. you in the studio, and I'll take you on back to back freestyle. We should probably just get him in actually and just do an interview with him. Yeah, we'll have to have to try and somehow patch this guy. one up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, yeah, live beef. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Live beef. Yeah, bring him on. Yeah, like yeah. a dub mud yeah. wrestle. Or just like you know, um, uh, test your reggae knowledge. Um, right. uh, I'm out already. <laughs> Uh, R-E-G-G-A-E. <laughs> um, so, uh, we are skidooing into the next section. <laughs> into the next section, uh, which is, of course, the dub section. And we are over the bloody moon to be able to bring you a tune by this next artist, who's one of our favourite producers in the world, He's without deep. a shadow of a doubt. And we've not played any of his tunes le- yet, as up to date. So I'm going to let Toby introduce what is one of our favourites. Yeah. The- <laughs> what are you doing? What are you looking for? Get <laughs> my charger out <laughs> the back. <laughs> um, yeah, so this tune is called Black Market War Dub, and it's by Canadian producer Dubmatics, who we've worked with. Um, a fair bit, actually. He did a remix off our album. He did Who Am I? Um, so check that out. That's on Ranking Records. That's on our SoundCloud. This tune, Black Market War Dub. We're in the dub section, so expect space and, and bass. bass.
Wow. Heavyweight business. For no one like Dematics. Did you get any Easter eggs? <clears throat> I got, um, yeah, I got the, the little lint, like golden guy, little Easter bunny. That was good. Mm. And I got some, my mum made some little nests, little chocolate nests. The thing that I love the most about that little lint Easter bunny mm. is the... Lint Eastwood. The, the, the <laughs> It's the, it's the really thick bits that are like on the corner. Oh, that so good. And you amazing, just break them off in chunks. And yeah. just, uh, Especially if you're sharing it and someone's like, oh, see, I can have a bit of that. You're like, yeah, yeah of course you can. <laughs> Kick. There we go. I'll just have this bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's lovely, good. isn't it? Yeah, I was up in, uh, up in Wales for Easter. Oh, beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah. Went to, uh, went to see Stu at the Ticoc. Mm. Hold tight, Stu. Hold Very tight, right. all the port and fine. Uh, massive. Excuse you. Fourth <laughs> <laughs> and fine. Fourth and fine. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Welsh Welsh people get in touch. Um, the reggae and dub scene is massive in Wales. That's, I think that's where they're having Unod. The Unod weekend is in like Prostatin or something. And there's just it's a crazy enthusiasm for it out there. Is that there. coming up quite soon? It's coming up very soon. I think it's next weekend. Wicked. Big but up, Stu big was the, the original freedom. guy that suggested that because I used to go up there when I was smaller and he just suggested that I went to Subdub. So that's basically, Stu's like a massive inspiration, which, wow. you know, hold tight Stu, it's something laser, laser, yeah? Alright, awesome. All right, big up Stu, lovely guy. Um, and, uh, yeah. So that was Dubmatics, uh, Black Market War Dub. And, um, and we, um, the next tune that we're going to play is... A bit of a dedication, obviously, to a, a, a legend who recently turned 80 years old. And I can honestly say that if I ever get to the age of 80, then if I'm as together as this dude, <laughs> I will be. Section. I will be a happy man. <laughs> no, it is, of course, uh, Lee Perry, the um, original upsetter. And, um, and we put a post out, actually, on, the, on, our, on our Facebook page. Uh, a couple of days after his birthday, and I know that he was represented on the on the mm. Instagram and everything, and 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 you could just see the love pouring in mm. for this individual, and it, and it's and it's so clear the impact that he's had on 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 music fans all over the world, and 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 actually and music producers as well. I remember Absolutely. there was, there, I think that I think Adrian mentions it actually in the interview later yeah. on where he talks about the. Um, I can't remember exactly what you refer to it as, but the the, 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 the fact is, is some of his tunes, like the effects mm. are louder than the drum track. It's louder yeah, yeah, than yeah. the rhythm track. And it's kind of like... It's balmy. It's completely balmy, mm. but it, but it, you've got a... If you're, if you're there, you've got a good speaker, you, you've got the right headspace, then it, it's it's incredible. It kind of un, unlocks some chambers that um, <laughs> are otherwise, you know I mean, chastised. So this is Lee. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lee Scratch Perry, and the tune is Disco Devil. Lucifer, son of the morning, I'm gonna chase you out of earth. Oh, damn. 
for devil. Stress as a disco rebel. She bump, she bump, she not up on the sky. She bump, she bump, she not up on the sky. She bump, she bump, she not up on the sky. She bump, she bump, she not up on the sky. Look at the disco devil. Stress as a disco rebel. Level the disco devil. No trouble For any fool a rebel No bother make no trouble For any fool a rebel Massive Lee Scratch Perry disco dub, which is a version of Chase the Devil, Chase the Devil by Max Romeo. Max Romeo <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Max Romeo by shirt. Max Romeo and Lee Perry. I think co-wrote the original and then nicked it and did disco dub. Wicked. Off the back, I remember back door. seeing Max Romeo play a little bit. Um, that uh, that that disco devil tune. Um, I played it. The other night down in um, in Bournemouth. Nice. nice. Uh, hold tight, Luke Murray. Hold tight, Luke Murray. And um, and uh, it was it was it was it was that tune that kind of like it was the one that got everyone going. Do you know what I mean? Right, so like okay. I played a few dub tunes and it was yeah. all pretty relaxed. So then I played quite early at ten thirty or something. So everyone was kind of warming up in the dance. The moment that one dropped, everyone's up. Everyone, everyone can around. get down with that one. Dancing around. Dancing around like idiots. Yeah, like <laughs> disco devils. Um Yeah, you've been you've been on travels, haven't you? Before the book you were in Paris. Oh, mate, I went to Paris. Yeah. yeah um What with, went down? You you went to a show? I had a, I had a really, really lovely time in Paris. I went there for five days, uh, a, a sort of an extended Easter weekend. Lovely and stuff. um it was lovely. I, I like I haven't really explored Paris before. I've been there we played there. Yeah, um, done a I've been. Shows I there, went right? to Disneyland with 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 my um with my nephews uh, a couple of years ago. Mm. I've been yeah, I've been there and back yeah a couple of times. But anyway, I've never really explored it. So the inner workings. Yeah, and it's so. a really incredible city. Like I know yeah. this sounds a little bit boring, but 
I've started to get really into history. Yes. And, yeah, and, yeah. and like, I just want to, yeah. I feel like I want to just soak it up. Yeah. And um, and Paris is a great place for that. So yeah. you can do a lot of, you know, I learned all about the French Revolution. And so I went to the Bastille. Nice. I went to, you know, Versailles. I went Beautiful. to the Arc de Triomphe. Mm. Checked out the Tour Eiffel. Had a croissant. Didn't have a croissant. Didn't have a croissant. Are you mental? Yeah, I'm off the uh, wheat and dairy. Oh, right, of course. So actually a croissant is... um, Yeah, France, not great for wheat and dairy. No, no. Everything is wheat and dairy. Yeah, it's miserable. But I did go to this... I did go to... There's this one place. uh, Let me work out. It's Rue de Vignon. Mm. And hold tight. uh, Herman something's cake shop anyway he does a he's got gluten sans gluten cake shop patisserie wow which was amazing absolutely mm. amazing yeah so thanks so much for him good stuff for Herman. doing his stuff and also Herman. i went and had a great steak at lontre really? oh lovely uh, just off the uh chandelier oh chandelier what, what cut did you get <laughs> it well they call it um uh faux mm. they, which i actually thought was fake mm. because that's kind of faux leather yeah, yeah. but um but no it's uh it's um it was a sirloin, yeah. Right. But an amazing sirloin, Beautiful. really, absolutely incredible. So yeah, uh, big up that France. French cooking, big up um, France. But Love the one, um, the we're one heading out there next. We're heading out there. We're in a going out days. on Saturday, yeah. So, um, the, the amazing thing about the weekend for me, one of the most amazing things about the weekend for me, yeah. was that I just, I literally got back from a day of sightseeing mm. and um, got in, and I was like, a, a friend of mine, um, uh, our guitarist Nick Tyson, hold tight, brick, had um, recommended brick. a couple of venues. <laughs> One of the Get venues, um, La Cigale, was literally right around the corner from where I was staying in, yeah. in Montmartre. And um, and it just so happened that um, uh, Manu Digital was playing mm, literally within an hour of me checking out and finding out it was happening. And, um, and, and for the last like 12 months, I've been checking out Manu, Manu's videos. They're hilarious. Mm. He's just, he's got his yeah. little Casio keyboard. He's got a hell of a lot of style and yeah. he just drops there. It's mostly just classic rhythms, but then he gets yeah. big MCs to go over the top of them. So if you haven't checked that out, go on to YouTube They're and see wicked. Manu Digital's um, uh, channel. It's really, really good. The, 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 I'd recommend like the one with Little Roy, General Levy's brilliant, Soon T's brilliant, Papa Jim is uh, absolutely excellent. Yeah, yeah. And he went out to um, he went out to Jamaica recently, right? And he linked up with the uh, the legend uh, Joseph Cotton, and so he got Joseph Cotton to come over to the UK to perform on the show. Um, but uh, to my amazement, it was Manu and Taiwan MC. And Taiwan is one of my favorite artists at the moment. We've, we've been repping him on this show. And, and, and if you don't know about Taiwan, you really have to check it out. He was the um, Chinese man's um, uh, live MC. And then he's just gone off on the. He's just gone off on 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 on, on making some Chinese Shiloh man's stuff. a record label. <laughs> just it's a it's a group. Yeah, yeah, group, yeah. Maybe yeah. they've got Chinese man records. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not just talking about <laughs> yeah, the Chinese. Chinese man. <laughs> no, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Who's yeah, uh, mates yeah. with this Chinese yeah. man? <laughs> he knew this Chinese guy. Um, no, so yeah. So the show so, was good. Anyway, the show was amazing. It was like uh, Man of Digital, um, Taiwan MC. Then Marina P, who's awesome. Oh yeah, um, uh, Joe Pilgrim and uh, a guy from Spain who I didn't know, but he okay. had a really cool high voice, sounded like Papa Jim. Wicked. Anyway, big up to managers, Digital, big up to um, the Parisians because they gave me a, an amazing weekend over there. Wicked. Um, although what I am looking for mm. is a gluten and dairy-free croissant. Go. What? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> no, Get out. <laughs> Leave. 
No, it's just I couldn't <clears> find <throat> one. I mean, okay. it's, for obvious reasons, I think, because yeah, yeah. it requires a fair amount of butter. Shitload of butter. And, um, yeah. and, 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 and obviously wheat and, and gluten are sort of is very much the main part of it. So mm. it is pretty much just wheat and gluten. Yeah. So I don't know whether it's possible or whether it's not possible or whether I just have to just um, leave it accept out. the just... fact that I'm, I'm never going to eat a croissant again. <laughs> oh. Anyway, <laughs> um, okay, we are now entering the freestyle mashup section. What's this now? Sounding us time agree. Why to the room? Time for the studio. Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna spend it all on the solo and the bow, but I'm chill up on the man. I'm just already in the know. Sitting the B.O. in my D. In my Y. Cause I see these songs. Cause I get your life like. Hell to the eye to the B. To the E. To the bad boy. To the man. 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 Freestyle mashup section, first tune. Seckle up the score, turntable dubbers remix. Turn it up, let's go! Oh, take the militia, man! Never get the memo. Yeah, right now, Ras Demo come for second of the score. Yeah, I tell you this if you've never heard it before. No people get my talk, oh, me them unsure. For the first time, they're my young and why you're really come more than some sound like gentlemen, turbulence and show the gang. Not no rap, but I got my one style and pattern. Yeah, man, man, I've been in this one 19. No longer got my inspiration from Kitty and Papa Sansa. It's I and I, Ras Demo, and I got my one style and pattern. So I like, do you That's remember Demolition tune. Man from early raving days? Yes. Yeah, man. So in, who knew he was also, aka Raz Demo, 
Ooh. Sounds like Turbulence Junior Gong. Massive. Smashing it. Smashing Killing it. Yeah, bigging it. up a lot of, uh, lot of big artists there. Yeah. Um, who's that original by? Second up score by. What, who did the tune? <sighs> I thought I recognised it from something else, but... It's it's a classic jungle Maybe. sound, isn't it? Chas- classic jungle reggae. It's the drums sound. and the bass. It's the drums, the bass, and you know, yeah, in, right, and the vibes in your face. Yeah, it's the vibes. It's the hype. You know, it's all through the night. It's bloody dusk until bloody dawn. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, so anyway, that was Seckle Up the Score, uh, the Turntable Dubbers remix. We got that in the promo, didn't we? And is that out yet? Um, that come through Fat Gorilla Drop promo, Fat Drop promo. Yeah, yeah, Might yeah. not be out yet, but check it out. Hold tight, Have nice up records. Hold up, hold up. Yeah, hold tight, nice up record. Yeah, yeah. Dude, d- hold up, hold up. Just hold up a second. <laughs> hold up on what nice you're doing, up nice up. Okay, um, before we play our last tune, yeah, um, we'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. Yeah, thanks so much um, for putting up with a, a, another episode of. Uh, in fact, no, not quite the whole episode. You're no, only yeah. halfway through. We're, oh. You're only halfway through. We, I was going to say one more tune before the interview with yeah, Adrian Sherwood. Yeah, 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 so yeah. stay tuned for that. Um, yeah. The last tune we're going to play, or should we do some plugs? A yeah, couple the, of plugs. What, the, what, I suppose the big thing is just to say, you know, we love you all. Uh, lots, lots, lots and lots. Loads. Thank so you much. ever so much, everyone, for all the feedback yeah. you've been giving us. Um, you know, messages in the inbox. We got a message from a guy called the Dreaditor, which is good. Dreaditor, you sent us a load of tracks, um, but I can't actually get the link to any of them working. So if you're listening to this, send through the full tracks. Um, anyone else get in touch with us via our inboxes on soundcloud.com slash gentleman's hyphen dub hyphen club. Facebook.com slash Gentleman's Dub Club. Twitter, Gentleman's Dub. Instagram, Gentleman's Dub Club. Now, the last tune we're going to play is a dedication to the music legend, George Martin, who passed away recently. Um, at quite quite a decent age, I think, but he, you know, is a real big loss for music um, because he made some of the most seminal records of all time. Obviously, produced the Beatles, produced a few artists before that, but main, main, uh, main producer for the Beatles so I mean that kind of says it all really, doesn't it yeah it just, it you know yeah I mean the the, the the guy created a sound that has, is gonna forever remain in the hearts of music lovers unbelievable experimental yeah go and check it out go and check out obviously the, 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 back cat- the Beatles the back catalogue but also the they're all over the, the place the, you can find them anywhere <laughs> yeah I don't think they're on Spotify actually they oh, are they are now. They are, yeah. You wow. can check it all out yeah. all, in all its glory. Not just Spotify. So this loads of different services, aren't they? This tune is called Tomorrow Never Knows, and it's off the seminal album, Revolver. Yeah, and then up next, Adrian. Up next, Adrian Sherwood. Interview. Hold tight. Stay tuned. See you in a bit.
and we are rolling. Welcome, welcome everyone to GDC FM podcast number nine. We're rolling with Dub Royalty today, man like Adrian Sherwood. <laughs> Royalty is that? <laughs> what does man like mean? Man like? Well, you know, yeah. Like, does that mean you're I'm sort a of a, a bit male, like, male, uh, male? Yeah, male, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Manly, manly. Ma- manly agent, okay, the very yeah. manly Adrian Sherwood. Welcome to GDCFM, Adrian. Good to have you on board, mate. <laughs> How you doing? You all right? Yeah, good. Nice to be here. Yeah, wicked, wicked. How's that kombucha? Very nice. Right? Very healthy tasting. Good, good. Um, so, yeah, it's great to have you on. Um, this is continuing a line of features that we've had with... Uh, so we had Earl Gates head in, we've had Natty in, and now we've got you in, so it's wicked to have you here. Um, so it would be good just to ch- chat, talk, play some tunes, shoot the shit, um, if you're up for it. You know? Definitely. We've got a few tunes prepared. Yeah. And um, where do you want to start then? What do you, what do you think? Uh, uh, well, one thing I was thinking, um, I had a question, was that um, listening to all your music, there's, there's a real mix in there it's very to me it's like very eclectic there's um you know different different genres coming in there but is when you sit down to make a tune do you have like one thing one sort of through line that goes through through everything or do you just blank slate it or um, i think when you, when you're making a tune it depends if you if i'm making something for myself yeah. you know for on you sound um, or if I'm working with an artist or a band, you know, who I'm asked to almost be like a an extra set of ears for, mm. and then see the work through to the finish where I mix. It all depends. It's different approaches. If it's if it's working for somebody else, the key is to sit down with that person, ascertain what they like, you know, and what they listen to, and what why you're working with. Them. If they say, "Well, I like these tunes you did," or I like these tunes somebody else did. It's a very good idea to sit down with them and have a little playing session if you get that chance. Historically, record companies maybe didn't let you do that, but it's a very good idea. Sit down and understand what they like, and then you've got a good starting point. And then you go through, really, your job is to satisfy that um, artist or band. If I'm making something for myself, I'm trying to satisfy me um, and the person whom I'm working with, if it's a singer. If it's instrumentals or some of the projects I created, I'm really trying to be honest with you. I'm trying to satisfy me and yeah. enjoy myself, yeah. <laughs> which is um, quite selfish. But it's like the way you know that's that's how. If it you know, it, it, but if it's with like a singer, I'm obviously I've got to make the person happy and have a creative involvement that we're both happy with. And I have got obviously specific ways of of working that um, yeah. I've developed over these last forty years. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Right, so um, so were there any? Uh, do you do you bring what sort of influences do you, do you bring to other people's music? Well, I started off, as you as you know, firmly, you know, rooted in the reggae. Really, well, the first thing that really captured me when I started getting interested in things. You know, I'd grown up listening to obviously pop music and lots of soul as well. And um, <clears throat> the thing that got me over the years, I got engrossed in the. <clears throat> excuse me, in the Jamaican stuff, mm. or, or, or the reggae, and, and and black rhythms as well. I mean, the funk continue to this day, I still like, you know, good rhythms, wherever they come from. Mm. 
you know, not just you know, black rhythms, you know, Irish, whatever. They all got rooted in drums or whatever that was good. But my main love is Jamaican music. So whatever I'm doing, I I then was lucky when I got started very early on. I started meeting people like Ari Up and Mark Stewart and The Clash and um, Keith Levine. You know, loads of other great people who are the Raincoats and I could go on and on. Perry Ubu. I, I, I mixed... You know, I kept but Daniel Miller, mm. who I, you know, I, um, I met all these people very early on, and I st- and, and the fall, the fall from Manchester, Mark Smith, and I was very lucky working with people from the non-reggae area. But what I learned so early on from working with like the great Dennis Bavel and a few other people was, you know, and also the you know the whole approach of all the people I was watching close hand and was lucky enough to watch close hand before I got my own pause on a mixing desk was the use of space and tonality that is still to this day very much unique well not so much unique now but <clears throat> it's still so important to the uncluttered production in in uh, the music that we all love right. and i apply that to anything if i'm doing a folk record or whatever yeah. i try and make the tone and the eq and the space king right is is that to do with um, so like with if you're using digital programs you can do a lot of tinkering and you can do a lot of kind of going back in and doing several takes and sprinkling all stuff on top of it is that to do with the fact that when you first started you kind of you sort of get one go at a pass or you have to have everything set up so that means you have a minimal stance on it or I was think, that just what no, you I think to with, do? I think with uh, with me I still like to if I had if I had the choice of what I'd like to do I'd like to work, like, you know, with your Gentleman's Dub Club, I'd like to have a whole band, you know, the whole crew. It's brilliant. And you make sure you record the horns properly, you make sure (laughs) the drums are, you spend a few hours getting the drums ready, and then you're going to cut all ten tunes in two days. Mm. And then, you know, realistically, the best albums, my favourite albums I've made, I made them all with, with, you know, Style Scott, George Oban, you know, um, Clifton Bigger Morrison, or, or... Frankie War or, or, or whoever on keyboards or, or, or Jamaican English bubblers, you know, good set of players. Everybody uh, works out what they're doing. You go in, you record it, and you work very hard on the recording technique, the overdubbing, making sure the performance is good, making sure the vibe in the room's good, and you basically capture something that you're not going to get ever with a digital program track. The fact is, nearly every track now is digitally programmed. Mm. But you've got to fight to make sure you don't sound like everybody else. You've got to fight for your own sound. Otherwise, you could be, you know, um, you know, the best produce, p- production team in the country at the moment to me, I think, is probably Mungo's lads. You know, yeah. he's, he's got a very good uh, sound. Respect him. Um, he's actually is derived from all the stuff we love, and he's actually staying very much in a firm area of roots. But good producers, you can always identify them. You know, Madhouse in Jamaica when they were knocking all the tunes out, wonderful production crews. And I think the digital thing is an art. You know, if you, you, if you love it, like those producers I named, all those tunes come out where they've got character and style and they're slick. Uh, I come from, you know, I, I, I like working digitally, but you sometimes you've got to work very hard to keep the charm in the production rather than having it all just kind of, you know, to, sound, to stop it sounding like a next person's tunes. Yeah, so the so the preparation would you say is sorry, I'm just, just a, I'm just snucking a little bedding bedding oh, track okay, in, you know. Okay. 
Um, play one of my tunes. Don't play another tune. <laughs> Get rid of that. Play, play an on you sound tune. <laughs> Bit of promotion. Subliminal messaging. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so would you say the preparation is is really important before recording? It's putting me off that music. Sorry, I'll take it off. Um, I'll take it off. No. Do I think the preparation is important? Yeah, as in, is that? Would you say that's the most important thing? Um, I think the spontaneity and capturing the, the performance and having good beelines ready and having good lyrics ready, I think all well, that's very important. You can't, um, if you're going in the studio just to mess about, that's fine. And you come up with something really good. I did, I did loads of that early on. I made loads of like weird records that nobody really bought. But they're, but they're, but they're, but you learn from doodling around and experimenting. But I think now, because tape, it encouraged uh, experimentation, and you weren't the ac- the accuracy of digital, and every you know, and being on a grid, you know, I like working off a grid, flying things in and manipulating tape. That school's gone now. Well, not gone, but it's like very few people. You know, like Mike Pelanconi's got an a- analog studio. I know a few others, but they're very limited. You know, and um, um, you know, getting to use those techniques like on back early in the day it puts me in good stead now because I can listen to something and when I'm trying to figure out why it perhaps isn't reaching us it could be missing in the groove but it's usually missing a performance it might need one player to spring the digital recording to life or a percussionist or a piano player or a guitar something just to like make it swing or breathe a bit it's interesting it's sort of um, that spontaneity that freedom as you say often leads to, to to the best end results yeah and there's a lot of that that you can't achieve obviously when you're just you know um by yourself in your in your studio doing it when you when you've got a band there are there any little tricks that you use or like you know um methods that you use to get that spontaneity out of a musician anything that really lights that fire i think the you learn from other producers and how people work i think some people like Eno and all that when they're in the studio apparently it's just a question of making or, or, or Lee Perry I know that what he would do is make sure everybody entering the room believed they are going to do something magical and that's that was the thing just watching him is really fascinating because although he's old old now and uh, not, not so bothered um, I watched him years ago and what he would do I literally seen him you know somebody had fall asleep on the couch and him set fire to their you know like a Light, light a lighter under their foot and make them piss off out the studio because their energy was asleep and they were ruining the session. Kick them out, kick them out. He always believed light candles, make sure you got, um, you know, you believe you're going to do something really special. So, they, and then Brian Eno, from what I understand, it literally be okay, make plans, make sure the engineer's done his job on the drum miking, you know, get everything ready. Then make sure everybody believes they're going to do something great and then lift up the thing so that there's some electricity there and then record it. And it really s- sounds simple, but it is really, because if it's the musicians who are playing and if you've got a couple of suggestions on arrangement or changes, try this or try this, if it works, everybody's into it and you and bang, you know. And we, we've, we've had lots of different experiences being in the studio and um, it's, it's, it's great to hear it like that because our successful experiences have been the same, I think, you know, that, that relaxed environment. Um, in fact, I remember when we worked with Livingston Brown. Do you know Livingston Brown? Uh, he's a really good guy. He's, in, he's, he's, best, he's got a studio in Godalming. He's worked with Maxi Priest and a lot okay. of the big guys, um, a lot of pop stuff as well. But I remember when I first walked into the room, he complimented me on my shirt. 
and no one had ever comp in fact it wasn't even that nice of a shirt but the fact is when I went in he complimented me and I felt brilliant yeah I literally felt brilliant it was a good day a really great day and at the end of the three days recording he said to me remember when I complimented you on your shirt? Yeah. <laughs> that was why. Just to make you feel good. And yeah, that was yeah. why, yeah. He said, he said as well, he said he, he has the same shirt, but you look better in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I, I don't think, I mean, working digitally, making all your tunes and all the, you know, the weather, the, the reggae arena's gone now. You know, we will all sit around and marvel at those old live played records because what it is, is the feel on them and the swing is like five amazing great rhythm sections like the you know the tradition of like Booker T or you know any of the great um, rhythm sections around the world that provided um, specialist services and built rhythms for all the great singers and that those that tradition of black music of the rhythm section be it at Motown or be it in any of those great studios and they get an understanding and they create these amazing things and the bands from Jamaica you know from Skin, Flesh and Bones you know the We The People uh, Roots Radix you know Sly and Robbie obviously and all the derivatives you know the, the Upsetters which became Bob Marley and the Wailers and all that you know which became the Wailers band those were just amazing things in a moment in time that for, for you know for 30 years or whatever still to this day there are you know great uh, rhythm sections there that still can record but we're we're in a period now where people are competing with the frequencies so tough, where it's like heavy duty compression, heavy duty sub super sub. And for me, I just a lot of the time I go out, and I, I you know this is just me. I, I can't spend a whole evening listening to steppers all night. I do my absolute head in, you know, digital steppers all night. It's like oh my god, you know. But every a lot of people love that. But to me, they might as well be going listening to house music. You know, it's four on the floor bang 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 all night please rescue me <laughs> when I just want to know when I, that's why I want to hear Mungo's or other producers you know or Mike Pelanconi or any of the crew you know prop, doing proper recordings or yourselves with you know doing proper recorded stuff it brings a smile to me, to me I love it you know and then you get a couple that with a good tune and you and you, you know it's, it's wonderful Mungo's I like a lot because he's doing the digital stuff and he's also very aware of making sure he's got performance performance and um, understands it and it's not all kind of um, nothing against it it's just not not for me I can't bear all night to be hearing uh, you know one two snare four one two snare four boof 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 we, we, we used to go to quite a few sound clashes up in Leeds and yeah. Iration well Mark loves that stuff he, he loves, loves it, it. He, yeah he yeah. loves it but then I love would, Mark respect him he would clash against someone like Abba for example and you see the difference in their styles and when you go like hard steppers for 45 minutes and then you come in with a really sat back one drop and then you see it heating up it's amazing to see because you'd think the energy naturally came from that floor to the floor but then you can really respect the energy in the one drop or the much more well, I, used to, you know, I, mean, I used to go to sound systems and that, that's where I first heard things you know like I remember hearing um, something really for me that was amazing like the Prince Jasbo record um Nigger is a winner, you know, the King Tubby's mixed tune. I said on a huge system, and it had a massive, it was like, what on earth's going on? Because it was coming through the sound system speakers. And then later in the evening, they'd have a period where they'd play three very soft soul tunes where people could hug their girlfriends and dance to it. And there was a gap between each tune, so they only had one turntable. 
and the whole uh, thing was more a man on the mic entertaining people between the gaps and bigging things up but it wasn't all just relentless relentless and now I find to be honest with you a lot of the the, the, you know, like these French and Italian sound system guys talking to me like I'm an idiot or something, and like this is how sound is supposed to be. It's like, mate, you know, you know, sorry, I'm gonna go home. You know, I'm not, I'm not. In, it just does not move my spirit hearing that. I'd rather hear something else. And it's okay for a minute, but it, 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 I'm not slagging anyone off. I sound like I'm having a go at someone. I'm not. It's just, just my. Do you remember, I'll name them after. No, 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 no. Calling anyone yeah. out? Do, do we have that tune here? Have you, did you bring? Yeah, it? you've got that. You've got that tune now. Just um, do you want to introduce it real quick? Uh, well, yeah. it, it, it's just Prince Jazzbo's mm. uh, "Nigger Is a Winner," for, and um, I first heard this played in the Newlands Club in High Wycombe on a big sound system, and we're just marvelling at the EQ sweeps and and the supersonic of it on a big rig. And actually, what on earth is going on? You know, it started really getting me. In that period, I was checking dubs and stuff, but here was like this, this, um, this tune. I just w- was fascinated by the EQ sweeps King Tubbies was using, which I found out about later. The reverb and delay on it. So. All right, well let's play that then. United we stand and divided it fall. So niggas don't stand and lean your back against the wall, my big girl. Stand and look into yourself. Are the winner and the weak are the sinner. Are the nigger are the winner? Come on, and the weak are the sinner. For the pope get a dope. Got the pope eat pope. The pope get a dope. Come on. The Pope eat pork And if you think of any joke You just try eat pork And if you think of any joke Pork will stop at your throat The nigga are the winner The Pope are the sinner so they call I devil Cause I'm black and black is bliss Omigo So they show I am white Say I'm a service job Cause I know like that Who say I know Jada Jesta The nigga had the winner We got a sinner Drop dead, we can't feel it, you know. Drop dead, so they feel it our big. Nigga are the winner. We got a sinner. The Pope get a dope. And the Pope is Okay. Um, I mean, what I, what I did, I started listening to um, records in my West Indian friend's sister's bedroom on all those little records where you pop the top off and played like a pile of sevens and stuff. And um, I got, I started out where I was originally 
listening, I got, the first thing I got into was the gimmicky records. And I think when I was about 12, my, um, uh, my closest family friend is Joe Farkerson, and he basically took me under his wings. And um, Joe had a market stall at the time in High Wycombe selling reggae, he'd worked for Palmer Records in the 60s and he was selling records in the market and he'd uh, opened a, a club, he had his friend Johnny Nash open the club for him which was mad from all stories because there were thousands of people trying to get in a club that held about 800 but in the market in High Wycombe I remember hearing for the first time all these records which I think a lot of them were like skinhead reggae, where they're like what they called skinhead reggae. They had like mad intros, and then they'd like play, play the tune. And I got fascinated by all. These. I used to love all the gimmicky records, all the rude reggae records, because I was twelve, you know. And you like records with rude lyrics and um, silly intros. That's what basically got me going and loved it. So what I'd do, I'd like to play the first one which we bought, which was on the Amalgamated label at the time. And this is Hijacked, a song called Hijacked, by Joe Gibbs. I think Joe only made maybe three or four records in his own name. But this is a very early Joe Gibbs production called Hijacked from 1970. Mayday, Mayday, Cuba, do you read me? This is Flight 727. We have been hijacked. Papa Route 756, prepare for a landing in Cuba. Mayday, Mayday, Cuba, do you read me? We have been hijacked. Lots of tunes I was, I was discovering that were just, you know, there, there were like things like the Egyptian reggae and all, all sorts of Swan Lake in reggae ones. It was just like really made us laugh. And we mm. we were like still at the club, at the, at the local youth club and the Newlands. Um, uh, and everywhere we went, they'd be playing reggae with Tamla and everything. There was a lot of, it had a lot of presence in, in this period. 
and um, I remember hearing the, the next track on the play, which is again, just play a little bit of these if you like. But this is uh, again another one that I really like. This is The Law by Andy Cap. This is The Law, Chapter One. The Law. The Law for the Good. The Law for the Ugly. play a little bit of one more um, of the so-called novelty records that I really liked um, going into the 70s and my early teens. Um, Zap, Zap Howe, they did, they, they, they're in, very good, um, very good producer and horns man and Zap Howe made some great records like This Is Reggae Music and they featured on lots and lots of uh, records but one they did that was credited to Zap Howe was one which uh, is basically around a bingo game and it's called Lottery Spin. So we're going to play Lottery Spin, a bit of this one. This is by Zap Howe and it's like the last of my little gimmicky ones I'm going to play. Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome to number 999,999,999 draw of our National Lottery! On about here, we'd like to ask a member of the public, Miss Chin, to give us a big spin. And the balls have settled in the testicles. Bang, 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 bang,
Another big spin, Miss Chin. Second prize, the balls have settled again the receptacles. Okay, I mean, basically, I could play, if you like, I could play selections of uh, my favourite reggae records for for a week non-stop <laughs> and um you should have a radio show <laughs> and um people people have are always introducing me to a tune I've, I'm, i still hadn't heard before or discovered um but what happened as the gimmicky records um i still love i still love gimmicky records to this day silly sound effects twice as loud as the mix like the great lee perry doing in blackboard jungle where the effects are louder than the rhythm and things like that were a big influence on me uh, but I started getting into the singers and the songs and when I was um, 14 I got a, a part-time job in the summer working for Palmer Records and uh, become friends with the family and they used to, they, they really took me under their wing a bit but I used to go through the store and pick out records from down where um, where Fitzroy Sterling he run, runs body music I think still to this day in Tottenham I've known Fitzroy since I was 12 as well, actually. I think I believe he's still there, bless him. Great cricket-loving man and a good bloke. And um, I remember discovering, again, a record that was in the store, and I just started getting into vocals. And um, I remember the first ones I really started getting... First thing is I really started getting into properly. Well, I heard this one song, uh, which, again, is very, not very well known, so I brought a little seven-inch of it. But this is Glenn Miller... Um, Jamaican Glen Miller and a song called Dungeon. I passed through that valley and saw people crying. They feel the strains and pains in the dungeon They need someone to stretch a hand Someone that they can depend on Oh, 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 oh,
days and nights they feel the strains and pains in the dungeon. I said they need someone to stretch a hand, someone that they can depend on. Okay, the, the, that's a lovely song. I, got, I, I could, again, I could play you my favourite singers. I got, I got started discovering Bob Andy. You know, a bit later, now I was like fifteen or something, fourteen, fifteen. I heard "Life" by Bob Andy for the first time again, played inside the Newlands Club and with DJ Chalky White playing this tune. Um, and Judge Kilroy, and we had Emperor Roscoe down there and all these great people down at the club. I actually think Dave Rodigan did his first ever gig at Joe's Club, because uh, he was from Oxford, and which was just down the road. But I remember one night hearing for the first time Life by Bob Andy, which I'm not gonna play now, but I started getting more and more into these great singers. And, um, the next year I was at college and then finishing college, I had another job in the summer working for um, Palmer Records, again, in Soundville in Harleston. I'd travel up there and work it, work in there. And at 17, I'd just passed my driving test, passed like a month after my, my, um, my 17th birthday in January 75. And I was driving up um, weekends and working in the shop in the holidays and stuff and it's then the first time I ever heard uh, the voice of Bim Sherman and this one absolutely was like where does that come from and I became his like number one fan I must say anything by Sherman I had to have and eventually um, when I was 21 I actually brought Bim Sherman to England uh, and for a tour we did for a label I'd my, my label Hit Run I started my second or my third label and I started my first label when I was 17 while still working in Palmer's record shop with Jar Wush who, was, who became my, my, my friend he's a lovely man anyway I'd like to play um, Tribulation by Bim Sherman which uh, is a wonderful tune and I was by this time getting more and more into the singers and the lyrics particularly or, or like wonderful lyrics the message, the Garveyism message, and also those in tandem with amazing productions. I started discovering all the, all the great producers like Keith Hudson. I could go on and on and on listing the ones, uh, ones that I was particularly fascinated by, but um, in everybody from, uh, I'd watch out, I'd be looking on the label if it was Gigi, you know, Alvin Rangwin, or if it was um, you know, an LT thing on Joe Gibbs or whoever. I'd, start studying the, the engineers and the, the drummers and who, which bands this and who did this and who did, did that. And again, I'd start finding out, oh wow, there's a considerable amount of tunes I like produced by Bunny Lee, say. And realised that what I was actually getting off on was the ones that perhaps had had these more extreme mixes or they were Roots tunes by Johnny Clark or whatever. 
But then I started getting more and more into the production and realising how amazing Lee Perry is. I started by playing the early jazz boy tune, so I think what I'll do now is play another jazz boy tune. Um, but this time in the hands of Lee Perry. And this song's called Natty Pass Through Rome by uh, Prince Jasbo. Babylon Adrian, the tunes are actually education um, and, and, and as we were discussing before air if you come into this type of music you know in 2016 it's a very hard thing to go back and really find out and learn about this music a lot of it's on vinyl you know we consume music in a different way um, these days and so it, it's difficult so thank you so much for imparting your knowledge I'm sure a lot of people are going to be appreciating that um, uh, but I just wanted to maybe uh, chat a little bit about the, the, the live circuit and it would be great to get 
a bit of um, your history and experience within the live mixing space, um, mixing bands, and then perhaps moving into some of the performances that you've done as well would be great. Uh, well, what happened for me was 75 was interesting. Yeah, I was working in the shop. I, I'd kind of um, decided I wasn't going to finish my A-levels at college. So I left that, that summer. And jo- Joe Farkerson invited me to um, start a little distribution company. We started one of the first distribution companies in the country, JA, which wasn't Jamaica, it was Joe and Adrian Distribution. And we took all the little labels around the country and sold them outside of London. Um, and we, our address was 78 Craven Park Road. And Palmer basically took our idea and started Jetstar off what we'd started in his building. Um, Carl, I, I'm sure, will not argue with me because I'm not actually telling a lie. Mojo had opened just down the road. and Anyway, from that same building, Chips Richards, who'd been previously at Trojan, and I'd worked with him for a, a month or two before when I got my license at Vulcan Records, Grenation. We started Carib Gems label with Anil Khanna that year. And anyway, I got to meet loads of drummers, musicians, gunmen, God knows what. You think they're musicians, you don't know who's what when you're 17. But all sorts of people. I'm lucky enough, I sat in a room with Dennis Brown, cross-legged, playing acoustic guitar in Castro Brown's Deb Music office. I'd, I could go on and on and on. But what we did, one of the first releases was I heard Prince Farai and Chips wanted to release a second dub album because he'd done okay on this horrible dub album called uh, Ras Clark Dub. It wasn't horrible, but it was like very average. And he wanted to do another, get a load of dubs and call it Blood Clark Dub and release that. I said, no, no, no. We've got to release this album. It's amazing. He gave me the benefit of the doubt and we released Psalms. And it was a massive cult in Birmingham. Didn't actually sell particularly well in London, but he was like hero worshipped in Birmingham. And I met Prince Farai. And it's, I won't bore you with the story, but it ended up me bringing him back from Birmingham. He'd flown into Birmingham with Quaker City. And um, some other people had brought him over. And he wanted to come to London to see Alvin Tropical, who's King Tropical Sound System. It was like his wife, Alvin's wife, was the, was the auntie of his missus. So he, I brought him to London and we forged a relationship because he'd initially said, oh, Ray wanted to kill me, whatever I heard. And when we met, we got on really well. And we ended up putting together the album Message from the King. And he wrote Foggy Road on the way down from Birmingham because he'd never seen such fog in his life. So we got there and then he said, oh, look, I want to come back. But the cost of bringing a band from Jamaica for an artist that was underground, the the cost didn't didn't add up. The first gig he did in the next period was an improvised gig with no rehearsal at the 100 Club in Oxford Street on a Thursday night, which was Ron and Nanders, this, this um, old Jewish couple ran um, Tuesday nights. They were really lovely, but they're kind of real old school, kind of like, you know, oh yeah, you're my son, you're my son. They were lovely actually, but they would let me put anything on there. I actually put um, London Underground and other bands on there. And then Tuesday nights was Ron Watts, who did the punk nights. And this is where the two met at the 100 Club. And Ron was from my area as well, out in Buckinghamshire. And he was like an ex-boxer and had a band called Brewer's Droop. So it's very weird. This is Ron and Nanda, the old couple running reggae night. 
and Ron, this old uh, boxer who liked to drink, running the punk nights. So the first gig we did, we've gone down to the 100 Club, we've got the band together, and we said, look, there's the B-lines, we've got about four B-lines, and Faro was just going to chant his lyrics over the things. Right, it was a mad, mad gig, but it was actually people to this day who were there say it was like one of the most mad gigs they've ever seen in their life. So I'm, stand, I'm, I'm in there in the crowd, and I'm stood by the mixing desk, and there's this fella there, he's a really nice fella, big fat white bloke with a pint in his hand, and I said, mate, turn up the vocal a little bit, or, you know, or turn up the bass a bit. The voice didn't need turning up because he, he didn't really need a microphone far away. There's a bit more hi-hat. Have you got? He said, look, mate, you do it, you do it. And literally, I swear to God, he pushed me on the mixing desk. I said, you sure? He said, yeah, yeah. I said, where's that then, where's that? And, where? and he showed me where the delay was and the reverb. And we had about four gigs set up, so I ended up mixing those four gigs, and it was literally how I learned to to mix sound. I literally, from the first gig at the 100 Club, not planning to do it for one split second, and not even thinking the PA fellow was gonna say, oh, you do it then. Like, all right then, I'll have a go. But literally it was drum, bass, and guitar, I think was all the band was, and maybe a percussionist. I just balanced it, and a bit of treble on the hi-hat, and a touch of uh, reverb on uh, a space echo on the snare and the voice, and I had it sounding relatively okay. And then within no time, there were so few people doing, processing the, the, the sound at that time, live, there weren't that many doing it. And then that year we ran out my first ever session, and I was lucky enough to have uh, the great Dennis Bavel help me do it, because he was friends with Chips, Chips introduced me, and um, you know, Dennis is one of the most important people in British music history. He's an amazing man. And um, I, you know, I'm very lucky that I count him as a friend. And I think Dennis, um, Jesus, you know, big influence on me and um, big help to me. I look at, looking back, you, know, you realise the, the, the ma- you know the magnitude of his work. It's like serious. But that got me going on the live gigs, and I think. You know, um, what's, what's the saying? You know, um, experience is the best teacher. You, you get in, you get good, or you get out. Yeah, sink or swim. I mean, yeah. I must have been in, in, in that environment. It's um, for those for, the, for for those people that um, I mean, pretty much everyone that listens to this show is into dub and reggae, so they'll know your music, and they'll know a lot of the stuff that you're talking about. But if we just just to, for the for, for those who aren't 100 percent sure what we're talking about in terms of the live mixing and a desk, and can you just break it down a little bit? So, what level of control would you have if you were out front doing the mixing? Well, in in those days, literally, I think um, the outboard gear situation. I think there was a space echo and maybe one other little something rather some kind of like mic, vert reverb or something. So I think I realised the reverb was very short and I realised that the delay could either be used as a delay or you put it into the middle and it would become a, a little spring. So um, the, the live this live desk had bass drum on channel one, the snare drum on channel two, the hi-hat on three, the rest of the drums on four and five, bass guitar on channel six, the rhythm guitar on channel seven, a percussionist on channel eight, and Prince Farley's voice on channel nine. But it sounded muffled. So I literally just went over. Um, I wanted to hear, that's what I couldn't hear. It was like non-existent. So I said, we need more in the hot hi-hat. 
I don't think he'd even mic'd it quite as close as he should have done. I started positioning the mics and having a look as soon as I figured it out. And it was really quick. It was in like three days. I started having it sounding and the musicians go, oh, it sounded really good. Like, and people in the crowd going, it sounded really good because that was the level of attention you got. And even if you go to a certain place like in America now, you can still turn up in America and they've got a mono PA and some idiot telling, even to these days, you sometimes turn up. And I don't do the gigs like I used to, but sometimes you turn up at a bar club and oh, we had like so-and-so rock and roll band play here in 79. It's like, good for you, mate. It sounds horrible, though, you know. <laughs> but production's so important now, and people are so used to super PAs, super digital PAs and whatever. I can't operate a digital PA. I'm sure Harry, Harry can, but... Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, it's, it's, sorry, I'm just, you know, if I was young now, I, I would be, but I, I still have to run a dig, an analog desk and, um, you know, I've been mixing 48 track analog with all the effects returned, the subgroups and whatever. And, um, but the first start off, it was about seven channels, eight channels. Yeah, wicked. And some people argue that's all you need. <laughs> People got too much choice. Yeah, yeah well, you certainly don't need all of those um, um, uh, the Yamaha channels. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so maybe we could just go into a little bit of um, the performing side of things. That would be amazing. Um, the uh, I, uh, we, I saw you last year out in Croatia performing with Pinch. Um, and so, I don't know, maybe you could go through that project a little bit and then a bit about how, you, how that stage show works and your performance would be great. Well, for me, I mean, I started doing front of house. Front of house is, is what I loved. I actually love doing front of house. But the thing is, it's very bad for your ears. And if you're doing that for year after year, your top end goes, you end up all sorts of damage. How's your hearing at the moment? You're right. It's not great. My left ear is a bit, was damaged when my daughter was two, which is a long time, you know, quite a long time ago. I had, I had an infection that damaged my left ear badly. But my hearing's good, actually. But I'm not going to be going out, battering it, doing sound, because it uh, it's not good for you. Yeah, that's the truth. It really isn't. People, so you have to wear earplugs and look after yourself. But I didn't. I used to have it ultra loud. And when we were doing bands like Tackhead, and we used to pride ourselves having the loudest band in the world. You know, it was like that loud. People were like, oh. oh, oh. Um, but I think I think the, the show what I'm doing now. I'm trying to have stay multifaceted almost because if I'm if I'm honest with you if I'm trying to go into the reggae area and just compete with you know Mark Iration or ABBA or whatever I don't think there's any competition they do what they do I do what I do um, I love Dennis Dennis is out there doing a cappella songs and magic his live shows nuts Dennis's show is like original and it's you've got Dennis's personality Mad Professor Neil, he goes out and he does his little dub show. He's got like, you know, eight, ten channels. I don't mean little. I mean he does his dub show. I don't mean it, uh, whatever. He's got his, ch you know, he's got his drums on one channel, his bass on another, his whatever, and he's running like a live mix. Um, when I go out, I've got 16 channels, so I've got bass, drum, snare, hi hat, bang bang, and I jump between the multi-track and the uh, and CDJs. I've got a noise pad that's got like a hundred samples of like everything from Mikey Dredd and Prince Farai to Andy Fairley right through to um, just you know sonic booms and everything that I just bang in and add um, effects to. When I'm running live I'm currently running uh, I've got a, a noise machine my Gay Wave which is named after Brian Gaylord 
um, who, who unfortunately died. It's only one in the world, but it makes a brilliant noise. And I put that square wave, sine wave up a channel, and it makes like, you know, good sound effects put through reverbs and delays. So on a live gig, I'm using uh, an SDE 3000 and a SPX and a uh, Space Echo pedal for delay. I'm using an Eventide H9, which is the best small multi-effect in the world. It's amazing. If anyone wants me to recommend to buy anything, buy an Eventide H9. I've got an Eventide Space, which again is brilliant. And I'm using um, an SDE 3000, like I said, for delay, and an SPX 990, which I use a, a, a reverb flange. And those effects I use to process all the things that are coming on my own personal set. And <clears throat> with Pinch, we do the same thing, except Pinch is sending me 14 channels. Bass, drum, snare all broken up. He's processing it in Ableton and digitally processing it. He's got a pad and it's not... Uh, and what we're doing, um, I don't think people even realise either like the sound or they don't out front, but we're doing like a live studio on stage and trying to do something that, again, doesn't sound like everybody else because I don't see the point... Um, if you're not trying to walk an original path, what's the point? You know, you've got to try. And I th what we do there, we really we really love it in a way it's developed. So I don't have to sometimes go and do front of house sound, which I enjoy. I do it for Lee Perry maybe a few times a year or Mark Stewart or the pop group or whatever. Occasion On occasion, I get asked to do that, which I do sometimes for fun. And other times I'm going out just DJing on my own or doing my own little live dub show with a mixing desk and all those effects. Trying to play all unreleased or dub plates that I've got that I've either done with uh, Congo Natty or Mungo's gave me some cheery unreleased tunes. I've got um, unreleased, loads of unreleased Roots tunes that, <coughs> excuse me, I love. And then try to, again, have a set that nobody else can play back at you mixed up with a few classics and um, a few Roots tunes. That's how I operate. Wicked. <laughs> I mean, we could go on for days, couldn't we? <laughs> um, I guess... Well, I mean, yeah, that's a good thing, surely. <laughs> um, so, what would you say, say you were talking to a 16 year old what would you what advice would you give someone starting off now that's that's helped you whatever bit of equipment you've got um, get good at using it it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be flash if, if you're building rhythms digitally uh, first thing I would say is buy a halfway decent microphone so you can record live performances vocals it's worth investing a few hundred quid in a good mic if you can or you can get good mics now for, for quite cheaply, actually. But a good mic's imperative. Try and get some performance on your things. Uh, look for uh, a sound of your own. Try and get a combination of things that you, you recur in your productions of things that you really like. And just and try and, so you can try and stand out from the pack a bit. I don't see... I mean, the, the key for me still to this day is performance. However, if you're not a good musician yourself, get a friend who is. Find yourself a good singer try and explore avenues of you know um, good performance is everything to me still that performance could be in the programming mind you but um, and if you're buying equipment um, you know those those bits of equipment I, I use on a live gig 
the whole lot's um, not an astronomical amount of money and you could also use them in your home studio and try and use ingredients of analog it's good to have a little analog desk that you take things out of your box plonk them in the four channels process them in an analog then record them and copy them back i think that's a good bit of advice as well what about would there be anything that if you could like go back in time and tell yourself when you were that age would there be anything that you'd watch you think you'd what to buy to, to, to think I don't know just with with like your you know the path that you take in your career and I think I've been the luckiest bloke ever I work with all my heroes mm. I've, that I've, that I've, you know I've, uh, I've been really lucky I think the only advice that well just you know it's no good saying if only I knew then what I know now but that wouldn't really be about the music I think the music things I've done I've been involved with I'm like I count myself very lucky mm. It's a good position. Yeah. Good position yeah. to be in. And I'm still in a position like I'm not, you know, rich or anything, but I'm financially anyway, but I've got you know, I look back and um I'm sad about obviously a lot of people who got killed and whatever have happened and that those things really hurt you. But I just look back and you think, you know, wow, what a period of time that that we were all, you know, people my age group, you know, Earl Gateshead and all that lot would say, Wow, that period of music and even, you know, younger people are discovering it. It's almost like they're discovering a treasure chest of jazz greats with the reggae because of stuff, people just realise just how good it is. And for me, um, you know, I, don't, I, I can't actually look back and say, wow, I wish I'd done something different because I'm not naturally talented anyway. I've had to push myself to, to get my own sound and approaches to doing things. Um, so, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Just to tell you, Jen, I, I mean, I think that's an amazing thing to say. If you to say, I'm not naturally talented. Or I also read somewhere that you think you're tone deaf as well. And so, for other people out there that perhaps are massive music enthusiasts, but don't feel as though they can confidently go and say, right, I'm going to be a musician. That's an amazing story. Well, my, th- my thing is, I, I, I can sing in the key of A, just about. Or hum. <laughs> if I hum bass lines, if I was in the key of A... Um, <laughs> You know, if something's a bit wrong, I can hear it's not right, but I'm not, you know, some people are virtuosi musicians who produce, so I'm not really a proper, I don't see, I still see myself as a chancer, but I think the thing is, if, you, if you're determined enough, it's like, if you're, it's not the best footballers always that make it as footballers, because sometimes it's the one who's like Roy Keane or something, he might not be as good as an ex-player, but he's five times as determined, and he ends up becoming an absolutely invaluable player, and whatever. And, you know, if that's an analogy, maybe, I don't know. But well, no, I think yeah. if you want it enough and you keep looking to try and pick something out of your head that you're hearing, because a lot of people, I work with a few people, they can literally sit on the couch and they can hear in the head what they want to get out. You know, they really, it's like that people, like particularly, I remember people like Mark Smith, I mentioned from The Fall. Those people, like, it's amazing, they hear everything in their head before they do something, pretty much. That's the impression I got anyway at the time. And, and, and you know, like I say, I highlight a few people that, and they, they're determined to get this thing out that they, they can hear in them. And they, they don't have, and sometimes the, the, it's not the best musicians that make the best records. It's people who've got the best ideas and the best karma and spirit about them that creates something that makes magic. So... Absolutely. 
determinations, everything, you know. Yeah, fucking that's a, it's a great message, actually. And, and, and music is, isn't exclusive to anyone. Absolutely anyone can access it. And, and Nowadays, it. yeah. Yeah, and really, really tuck in. So, so maybe I should edit that dub royalty bit and put d- dub chancer. <laughs> Definite. <laughs> um, I think we're probably, yeah, we're probably good. Yeah, did you want to play us out with something? Did you have that thing that you'd been working on for 10 years? That, that yeah, like you can loaded. play, you can, I've been making an album for the last like eight years or so. Um, What's the story there? Well, what it is, is we, we, we had lots of our old rhythms copied digitally because the tapes were perishing. And I'd recorded a new session with Style Scott, Frankie War, uh, Blood, you know, mm. Huey Isachar, um, George Oban, the great George Oban, uh, and Vince Black in Livingston, which is about three minutes from here in Wood Green. I don't know if you know that studio. Livingston, no. you don't know Livingston? You must be joking. It's my favourite <laughs> studio around here. Right, okay. Anyway, so we I'm recorded in, in there, <laughs> and um, right next to Iceland by the car park. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. that's where my studio is. Anyway, uh, it's in Livingston. Uh, I'm at the chocolate factory. Like the oh, no, that's just, uh, that's just down the road. Just, yeah, okay. Yeah, anyway, in there, we in. recorded some other rhythms. So I was thinking about multi versioning, because obviously, version something that we all in, in the reggae world love. You know, there's no other music in the world that versions. There isn't. Mm name it to me you know and so I I, I I decided I thought one of the ideas would be to make an album it's called Dub No Frontiers and, and what I've done I've got women from all around the world all singing um, in non-English so you can play a bit of the first first uh, three tracks the first ones just play like a couple of minutes of these the first one's Nasor Tour and it's Bob Marley's War in Arabic the second one is Chacha, and she's from, she's uh, from Shanghai, Chinese. And the third one is Kerryova Vox, and she's Roma, Roma Gypsy. But the whole album is basically, uh, I'm very, very proud of it. And I'm near to finishing it. Although the, the, the Polish one at the end isn't, isn't mixed, and there's a couple of others, but okay. I've, uh, I've, got a, I've, got vol- I've got volume one and volume two made. Wow. And this is and volume two. Volume one's wicked and volume two's developing as well, but I've got uh, Ethiopian, no Eritrean, um, Italian, Spanish, French, Chinese, Japanese. Um, I've got uh, on and on, believe me, I've got more, more uh, than even French, um, West Papen, about the genocide in, 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 uh, in West Papua. And uh, I've got. Uh, I'm very happy with it. So you can Great. play out by playing a couple of snippets of that. But anyway, there's loads um, of on new reissues coming, and I've got quite a few new productions coming out. So bless up, and thanks for having me. Thanks for coming down, Adrian. Bless. That's very Cheers. exciting. So that was a GDCFM podcast number nine with none other than Adrian Sherwood. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Shannon, a hero,
أن يصبح لون أي كان لا يزيد أهمية عن لون العيوب أقول الحال إن حتى حقوق الإنسان الأساسية تكفل بالتساوي للجامعة بغض النظر عن العرق أقول الحال إلى أن نرى ذاك اليوم حلم السلام الدائم إنسان ابن العالم وسيادة الأخلاق الدولية سيظل وهما خاطفا ينشد أبدا يدرك Shabby, 